welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Uh, before we get into that, we'd like to remind you to rate, comment, subscribe, do whatever you gotta do um, on your preferred podcast platform. I almost could not get that out. It's fine. <laughs> That's today's motto. It's fine. Everything is fine. Um, also want to remind you that the links to our social media are in the show notes down below. I got a new phone the other day, have not logged into all of our social media, cannot remember any of that off the top of my head right now. No thoughts, head empty. <laughs> That's all I've got up here right now. We're just here to review a book, guys. We're just, we're fine. Just, it, it's been a long week for me. A long week for me. But now you do something fun. So. Yes! We get to talk about Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Um, opening thoughts before we get into anything else. Um, I really like this one. It made me cry in a couple places. <gasps> me too! Yeah, which kind of caught me off guard. Did it really? Yeah, well, because I was thinking, like, oh, a cutesy romance. Okay, okay. Between two very unlikely to date type people. Yeah, they are very um, opposites tracked. Yeah, but I mean, we we get a grand gesture. We get a lot of, like, snarky communication and sarcasm, which we both enjoy. This was some hardcore British humor, and it, my heart was happy. Good sex scenes. God, finally. Yes. I'm sorry, but I don't know what everyone else has been doing in their books lately, but finally we have some real good sex. Talia Hibbert knows what she's doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, love it. So... Do you want to read the synopsis? Yeah, okay, here we go. Chloe Brown is a chronically ill computer geek with a goal, plan, and a list. After almost but not quite dying, she's come up with seven directives to help her get a life, and she's already completed the first, finally moving out of her glamorous family's mansion. The next items? Enjoy a drunken night out, ride a motorcycle, go camping, have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex, travel the world with nothing but hand luggage, and do something bad. But it's not easy being bad, even when you've written step-by-step guidelines on how to do it correctly. What Chloe needs is a teacher, and she knows just the man for the job. Redford Red Morgan is a handyman with tattoos, a motorcycle, and more sex appeal than 10,000 Hollywood heartthrobs. He's also an artist who paints at night and hides his work in the light of day, which Chloe knows because she spies on him occasionally, just the teeniest, tiniest bit. But when she enlists Red in her mission to rebel, she learns things about him that no spy session could teach her, like why he clearly resents Chloe's wealthy background, and why he never shows his art to anyone, and what really lies beneath his rough exterior. Okay. The comment about him being... Him having more sex appeal than 10,000 Hollywood heartthrobs. Yes. funny. I loved Red. I loved Red so much. He was precious. He was. Yeah. He wore leathers, and she kept asking him, is it real? Is it real leather? And he's like, no, it's not. Why do you keep asking me that question? Because she's in a tree at that point, saving a cat. Just everything, everything about their relationship. They're both so precious. They're yeah. both so precious. It almost veered towards the enemies to lovers trope, but then it sharply turned, and I was like, oh, thank God. So I didn't... Okay, we know how I love enemies to lovers. Yes. And I know that we've read quite a few recently. Yeah. And you're like, I'm done with the trope, let's stop. Right. Okay. I had a moment, because I was unaware, 
going into this, what this was. We both went into this one really blind. Yeah. And so I started reading it. And then I went, oh, shit. Oh, no, it's happening so long. I was like, Kat is going to hate me so much because I said, okay, we're going to hold off on those for a little bit. And then we (laughs) started one. I was like, shit. But I didn't see it as an enemies to lovers in the... No. In the, like... The, you know, the parameters of what an enemies to lovers is. It it's like was a, a very light version it of was, that. It was more opposites attract than anything. Yeah. Which, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it really qualifies as enemy to lovers. No, no, no. Because they both had you know they both had attraction for the other and he just didn't understand her sense of humor. And like we're being fair, that's like a common problem. Like I know we often talk about how blind especially I am, to romantic things. But it works the same way with, like, humor. Like, some people can't tell when you're joking. Yeah. And I feel like that often happens when I make a sarcastic comment. People are like, oh, my God, that was really bitchy. But I'm just joking. Or, like, I'll answer someone's question, but it's, like, not a real question. I'm like, oh. My favorite is when I just let the filter go completely. We'll be in the group chat. (laughs) And I'll just say something along the lines of whatever you or your sister has sent us. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And then your sister almost always comes back going, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that. I'm like, sorry. Yeah, but she, you know, she's pretty sarcastic. And Yeah. You know. I mean, I think that's why the group meshes so well. We all have that weird kind of snarky, sarcastic sense of humor. And, like, impatience for, for things that we feel are... Stupid or time-wasting. Yeah. We're like, nope, next. (laughs) Move on. We don't have time for shenanigans. We're too fucking old. Not even just, like, with, like, love interests or, like, friends or anything, but just, like, in general. We're just like, I don't have time for this today. Can we just not? Yeah, yeah. Just just dumb shit. I don't have time for dumb shit. None of us have time for dumb shit. Like, no. Like, I have better things to be doing. But that said... We often talk about all the dumb shit. So... <laughs> That's so it doesn't fair. really matter. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so let's go a little bit into what Get a Life Chloe Brown is about. We've got Chloe Brown. Yes. Who has a chronic illness. Yes. And her family kind of babies her because of that chronic illness. Are you having a fit? Are you feeling unwell? And she's just like, no, I'm always feeling that way. I'm just myself. Let yeah. me be. Um, so she has this plan. She's going to move out of her parents' house. She's out of the family home. She's going to make it on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, she moves into a flat, an apartment, if you will. This was set in the English countryside or something like that. I don't know. I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. I listened to this on audio partially. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit. I was cleaning house and trying to not focus on weird shit for work. Um, but... She moves into this flat, and she meets the handyman, Red. Yes. And he does not get her sense of humor. And she thinks that he hates her. And he thinks that she's hoity-toity and too... And, like, so rude. And so rude. And, like, he kind of thinks she's mean, which I think is also kind of funny. I think it's hysterical, because she's not. She's just really snarky. She's very sassy. It's that British humor that I love so much. It's very dry. It is very dry, yeah. And so... She devises this plan, and she's trying to find someone who's going to help her. And as time goes on, she realizes that Red is the man for her. But let's get into the reason why this dying but almost not dying. (laughs) 
So our very beginning of our book, okay, we have to kind of go back even a little bit more than just living in the book. Um, so when Chloe is growing up, she suddenly becomes very ill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of her family and friends and even like her fiance at the time, she was young for her fiance too. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, but they also are like, just get over it. It's in your head. You need to go to therapy, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out that she finally receives a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, which is kind of a hard thing to diagnose, right? So that's part of the problem. My mom and my aunt both have fibro, Mm -hmm. and it just expresses itself in a very different way for each person because it has to do with your nervous system. Yeah. And so, like, all the things that Chloe describes throughout the book are 100% true. You like, crazy muscle spasms. You have a lot of neuropathy. You have... The burning, the tingling, the exhaustion that you can't handle. Yeah. And so, and it's hard to treat. Like, there's no real way to treat it, so they just give you other things to help treat it, and that doesn't always work. Yeah. So, anyway, so she's doing her prescribed afternoon walk, or whatever, right? That mm-hmm. her doctor's been like, you need to, you know, do some motion, which is also a thing that is told to fiber patients. Like, you need to work out more and get your bones moving and your joints loose. Yeah. But, like, fibro patients can't do that. It hurts. It's, it's not a hurts. thing. You know? Well, not only is it the physical hurt, but it's also the exhaustion. You're so tired all the time. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, but so she's on one of her prescribed, she calls them irregular walks. She's supposed to do it, like, twice a day, and she, like, almost never does. Yeah. Which is, like, whatever. I get it. When doctors tell you to do stuff, sometimes you're like, no. Fuck the doctor. I'm doing what yeah, I want to do. Not do that. That said, you should also listen to your doctor. So it's a very, it's a different problem. But so a car zooms past her, almost hits her, and this lady crashes into a wall. And apparently, she's like a drunk driver, and it, she misses Chloe by like a few feet, which is terrifying. Yeah. And then Chloe kind of goes into shock and takes a taxi home, and then has one of her fits. Mm-hmm. Is what her grandma Gigi. Oh, and she's like, I'm just going to lay on the floor where it's nice and cool. And I'm going to breathe in and out. And they're like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm fine. Like, she's she's very chill about it. Like, she doesn't want people to really focus on yeah her pain. Um, so she moves out because of this near-death experience. And she's trying to live her life. She realizes that she's letting the fibromyalgia run her life. She doesn't want her eulogy, which is something she references often, to be, like, the most boring thing. She was a person, and she lived, and then she died. Like, <laughs> that's, that's gonna what be she mine. imagined. That's yeah. going to be mine. She uh, died alone in her apartment with her cat. Oh, no. We found... Let's hope that's not it. No, I hope not, because Oliver will eat my face out of spite. I'm convinced. I'm sure. He's an asshole. Um, speaking of cats... She ends up finding a cat in a tree on one of her irregular walks. Yes. Um, and despite being in pain, she decides she's going to climb that tree. And she's going to save the cat. Sure, yeah, because who wouldn't do that? She's well, She talks about how she's going to call the fire department, and the, the cat meows at her. She's like, yes, you're right. That is a waste of time. <laughs> so she climbs the tree. Red finds her. Um, that's where they have the discussion about whether or not his leather jacket is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of sparks her and him getting closer and getting to know each other more and him helping her get through her list. Yes. And she doesn't really ask him officially to help her with the list for a while because he's 
they're like trying to pay each other in favors mm-hmm. back and forth for a little bit, which I think is really funny too. And she just she like can't bring herself to just be like, I need you to help me with this list. Well, she's terrified because when she finally does ask him, she rewrites the list so that like the have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex isn't on the list anymore because she can't ask him to do that for her. Yeah, because she secretly likes him. I mean, same. I thought he was adorable. He sounds hot. Like, I don't know. His ponytail. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like... He's so... He's adorable. He's very artsy, though. He's a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Literally. Like, this is maybe, what, the second book that we've had a legit cinnamon roll character? Yeah. Yeah. We don't normally have that in male characters, to have them be cinnamon rolls. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we want to start going through this list? Um, yes, I think we probably should. Where um, should we start? Oh, man. Should Let's start with the deep topic, number one, chronic pain and hidden disabilities. All right. <laughs> let's just get it out of the way at the start. Okay. Um, we talked about Chloe's chronic pain. Yeah. And how it makes her almost a non-functional human at some points in time. And so that's kind of why her reliability is based in logic. Yeah. Like, she wants to do all these things that, like, free spirit type humans can do. Like, you wouldn't just say, I'm going to take my backpack and go on a trip across the country. No. Like, that would not work. No. But she's like, that would be amazing to do. Like, just have one suitcase and do the thing. Okay. And I'm not going to equate my mental health to her physical, like, chronic pain. But it's the closest thing that I have to uh, we could consider a hidden disability. Uh Uh-huh. Because I do have anxiety that can sometimes be debilitating. Yeah. And that's, like, a normal thing, too. Like, too much anxiety and stress can physically harm you. Oh, yeah. I get exhausted. I just worked 11 days straight, and yesterday... I sat on my couch and did nothing because my mental health was just at that point where I was physically exhausted and mentally exhausted and I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, have no fear. Kat gave me the look when I told her that. Like, come on now. <laughs> I was like, you have to get out of your house sometimes. I know. Um, I did get out of my house a little later in the day, but I did it. But her list is something that I would have to make for myself as well, like a get-a-life list because I do allow my mental health to kind of run how I do things. Yeah. And I, you've been in that situation where you guys have asked me, do you want to do this thing? And I have to tell you, okay, logically, yes, I do, but... But I am unable to... I am unable to... Unable to perform that task. Yeah. And her idea of just taking a piece of luggage, like a backpack, and traveling the world, no thank you. No, ma'am. That causes great anxiety. But I think that... I think that... Talia Hibbert did a really, really good job of showing a hidden disability. Something that you can't see on the outside, but is something that's actually happening to that person. And she did it really well. Yeah, she did a really good job describing things that I've been able to observe Mm -hmm. before. And it is really difficult because it's not just... Like, my mom can be exhausted, and then she can be, like almost dying exhausted. Like, there's not a huge difference between those two, but it's enough of a difference where you're like, okay, 
so what are we, <laughs> what's our plan here? Are we hospital or are we, you know? Well, yeah. And, and that's a huge difference. I've been on the receiving end of those text messages with you. Yeah. That conversation, what's happening with your mom, where are things at. Yeah. I've gone over to your house and sometimes your mom is up and moving around and she seems okay. And then sometimes it's a bad fibro day and we might not see her. Yeah. You know, she's relaxing, attempting to she's relax. She's laying in bed because she can't move without muscle spasms. And you're like, oh. But, and then you also have a lot of it depends on your doctor, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes with the chronic pain thing. Um, just, I'm, I'm looking at this list again that I read from the blurb. And just a lot of that would be really, really hard to do with especially fibro. Like, drinking is not something that a lot of people that have fibro can do because it makes your nerves misfire. Well, and, and your medications. Yeah, yeah, and whatever medications you might be on. Riding a motorcycle. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I would not. I don't think I want to ride a motorcycle. I think they look fun, and I think they're kind of sexy. But I also have seen the injuries of when people get burned or when they fall off. Oh, the people or, that... Oh, I've driven past so many motorcycle accidents in town yeah. where it's like, They've had to skirt the bottom of the car because the person is under the car and no longer alive. Yeah. So it's just like... They cause too much anxiety there, for me. There are things that keep me from minding that. Like, sure, they're cool. They do look... I will give you, they look very sexy. I just saw um, the new... They've got a couple pieces of, of photos and stuff that have leaked from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh-huh. TV show that they restarted filming on and they've got Sebastian stand on a motorcycle and I'm like you know motorcycles aren't my thing but that's kind of nice yeah I can't I have no words for that whole thing but it's great but like uh, no there's just too much anxiety just about that. that I would do like as a my mode of transportation like maybe I would take a ride on one with someone no not but even I that. wouldn't want to operate on my own because they're heavy they're I huge um, I don't not even I don't even want to Sit bitch on the back of one of those things. I'm good. No, thank you. I would have to really trust that person. It wouldn't just be like some random person's like, hey, you want to go for a ride? Like, no. No, no. <laughs> no. I don't know you. We are not Bella from Twilight. No, thank no, you. <laughs> um, going camping, doable, not a great idea, right? Not comfortable, yeah. Um, but, he, but Red makes that something that's comfortable for yes. her. He understands. Like, some people don't get hidden disabilities. And when she kind of explains why she can't do certain things and why she has this list. Finally, she explains it. Yeah, she explains it. And she so they talk about going camping. And he puts her needs first. He chooses a campsite that's close to the vehicle, knowing full well she might be able to get out there, but it might be rough getting back. He takes inflatable mattresses so that she's not sleeping on the ground. He's just... Yeah, he's which just... Is just- a good idea in general. He's so pure. He's so pure. He's like, I'm doing this so that I can help you and you can do your yeah. thing, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I don't want to camp normally, but I don't like that outside. I would like it for like a couple days. Not like some people go for like a week or something. I don't get like that. I need like a legitimate, like I need plumbing. I'm just going to say it. It's fine. No. I like a, I like a real shower though. I'm not a lake shower person. I like a bath. Okay, I can do that, but no, I need I need a toilet. Lake water. <laughs> We're not being cleaner. If it's moving, it's fine. I mean, where in Arizona is it moving? Nowhere. Okay, so it's that's my point. It's pretty We're like Colorado or like Utah. Sure, sure. Here, no, but no. Um, having meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex. I don't. That's not something I put on my own personal list. 
No. Partly because I'm not that person. No. I've never been that we, person. We've had the discussion where we need connection. Yeah. We're just not those people. So, like, respect for her because that's something she wants to try, especially since it sounds like um, her ex-fiancé was, first of all, not very good in bed. And second of all, not very thoughtful in bed. And um, Red so, makes up for all So, understandably, that. she would put that on there because she's like, well, maybe I should just enjoy it without having to have all the extras of, like, the pressure of a relationship or whatever, right? Um, travel the world with nothing but handling. We just talked about that. Yeah. How, I mean, like... It's doable, but it's not something I'd want to do. How much How much of the bag, the one single backpack of your mother's, would be medication and pain management and things See, like that? See, that's the thing. If hand luggage, it would have to be like a fucking duffel. Yeah. And then it's like, well, is that enough? Like, see, it's just not. And then the last one was, do something bad. I like that that one's, like, super subjective. <laughs> okay. So, so like, bad to someone... Is it that to me is different? I don't know. Let's lead chronic pain into yeah. doing bad things. Okay. Because you added it to the list after the fact. Because I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, well, what are bad things that we've done? And, like, on a scale of, like, how bad something is. Oh, God. I've done some bad shit. Like, but, like, so her version of doing a bad thing was spying on her neighbor who she thinks is hot. And I think that's what really makes it the bad. Well, and the neighbor... It's not because she's spying. Well, and the neighbor turns out that it's red. Yeah. Because his room, his living room, faces directly into hers. Yeah. And she can see it across the way. And, you know, it's pretty sparse because turns out that he uses his living room as a studio to paint. And she's been watching him through the curtains kind of thing. But <laughs> doing bad things is subjective. And her doing bad things were just adorable. Like, because, okay, I would probably say that that's more nosy than it is bad. Yeah. I think it's because she felt the sexy feelings. Okay. That she was like, oh, this is so bad because it's, like, It's not naughty. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like people are nosy. Like, I don't think like, I'm super nosy, but my family is definitely nosy. So, like, spying on your neighbor is probably... I can't spy on that list. I can't spy on my neighbors, but I can tell you nosy as shit the other night when I heard someone pull into my parking lot really strangely at 11 o'clock, looked out the blinds, and there was some commotion with the sheriffs in my parking lot. Mm -hmm. And I was nosy then. Like, I went out there in my pajamas and was texting you. Yeah. But that wasn't, that's, to me, that was just what the hell is happening on my property. Because, like, I live where I work, so I kind of have well, to know. Well, you should probably find out what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. That's still, understandable. Still don't know the full story. Still have no idea. There were two shootings last night. Yes. That was bad. That was pretty scary. Ooh. But doing bad things, like, we're not going to get into the bad things I have done. <laughs> but I will tell you that they were not good. I'm trying to think, like, what level of bad. Because, like, if we're thinking, like, Chloe's level of bad... Spying on your, your... Your crush? Your neighbor? I guess it's her crush. Your unrequited love? I wouldn't say love. at that point it was, like, love interest. No. Because she was fighting it pretty hard. They both were. Um, what have I done that's on that level? See, because it's not, like, a crazy high level, you know what I mean? No. So, like, things that would align with that are probably not things that we think are very bad. No. Um... That's really hard, because it is subjective. Like, what would we put on her level? 
Because, like, I have my, the one, the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. Right. Um, versus. Versus spying on someone through a window and having dirty thoughts. I don't spy on people very often. Like, I lurk their Instagrams. Or could that, then could that be on that level? I have looked people up on public records. But your sister has done that, too. <laughs> <laughs> For good reason. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, I'm not that person who, like, needs to, like, spy on people. I don't have that desire no. very often. So, like, the spying thing doesn't really do it for me. But, like, if we're trying to, like, naughty things. Okay. So, if we're talking like naughty bad then, things, naughty things. Were you ever in a situation where you and some guys who were, like, guy friends. Not, like, super close guy friends. But they're, like, guys in the area or whatever. Okay. And you're in a situation where, like, you're changing. Kind of peek over just to get a little look real quick. He's shirtless. Suddenly I can look. I mean, I've um, done that. Not to probably. any of not to any of our guy friends. I'm gonna say that now. <laughs> Disclaimer: like, This isn't about you. <laughs> it's not about you. This is like high school times for me. Um, I, see, I wasn't very like. God, back when I was trying really hard to be straight, I wasn't like super sexual when I was in high school. I had a weird sexual awakening in high school. Yeah, it is. So that I, girl's changing room was a real tough time for me. I don't know. Like, my stupid bad things are more like making out with people I shouldn't have. Maybe. Okay, okay. Or like, I got my nipples pierced. It was a drunken night. Which made me. At a party. Not my mom's favorite girl now. Um, okay, we want to talk about you getting your nipples pierced and wasn't your mom's favorite. Wait till you find out the piercing I showed um, my mother. See, you shouldn't show your mother. Um, <laughs> drunken nights out, oh. I've definitely done some shit on a drunken night out. Okay, so maybe, like, getting accused of, like, kissing someone when I wasn't, and then because I was already in trouble, I was like, fuck it, and I just made out them instead. Okay. That, I guess that's bad. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I... But I was already in trouble. <laughs> That whole... Fuck that. I was already in trouble. You weren't in trouble. There Someone, were... Okay, there were other steps leading up to that. That's the very brief synopsis of that situation. <laughs> it was not my fault that I was, quote, unquote, in trouble. God. And I was like, you know, screw it. Everyone thinks we were making out anyways. So. Might as well do it. Um, if my mother is listening to this, I'm sorry. These are things you didn't know, want to know about us, I think. But it's fine. We've all done bad shit. But I think her level of bad is just, like, adorably bad. Because she's probably never done anything bad, so she feels super guilty because Sherry liked that guy. Yeah. I mean, okay, we'll get into the worst thing I ever did. I 100% have been in a situation where I was being cheated on. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah. And then I did some cheating as well. Not my proudest moment. I think everyone kind of hits that point, too. Because I cheated on my ex-husband with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> It's a whole different problem. <laughs> it's a whole different problem. It's a horrible problem when you know who my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriend are. Which you know. Yeah. I will say, new phone, ex-phone number is not on here. <laughs> I blocked it. It's gone. We don't even talk about it anymore. Yeah. That's like that. That's the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah, I don't... I'm not one of those people who's like, whoa, you only live once, so we should probably do whatever we want. I feel like that's a dangerous way to live, and I don't so much do that. But that might also be because I've had 
an almost dying experience. So I'm like, I don't feel like I should like push it. There's no, know. there's no YOLO for me because I am afraid of having a near death experience. So. My idea of like fuck it is like, oh, what, like get a new tattoo, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Or like occasionally when you hook up with someone, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. But like that's it. There's no hooking up for someone's for me right now. I mean, we're in a pandemic. No. It's the perfect time to stay single right now. Everyone's staying in your own houses. Please, God, do it. Please. Kat and I can only do this because we do our best to stay in our own houses. All right. um, What do we got? So doing bad things is done. (laughs) Let's talk about life-changing moments should lead into doing bad things. Life-changing. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) The oh, no. Positive or negative life-changing moments? I mean, we all have both. My positive and my negative happen to be the same thing. Okay. My divorce. Okay, that that's a definite, like, qualifier. Cause, yeah. Because there's, like, a good reason for getting divorced, but it's still shitty. It's still shitty. It still sucked. Yeah. I can't stand the man. I'm glad he's no longer in my life. But it's still, I mean, it still sucks. Yeah. Because, like, you get married and you think, okay, I'm going to be with this person forever. And then you find out your ex-husband is cheating on you. And so you try to retaliate in the best way you know how, which is to cheat on him with who ended up being his best friend. It's a very convoluted story. I don't want to get into it. But I've had like those, you know, the negative and the positive ones. I mean, another negative one for me is losing my dad. But then you have the positive life changing moments. Like when I had my daughter. Yeah. I don't like children, but I had one. I love her to pieces. She is crazy. She's great. Yeah. But then like. You have your little tiny life-changing moments, too. Like, ones that you don't even think about. Because there's something every day that happens in your life that's going to lead into the next moment. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, our major life-changing moment is the pandemic. We can't date right now. Everything is weird. But I know once this is in a a decent place, maybe that's going to change some things. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being incredibly hopeful. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's all about how you handle things as well. So, like... Whether or not it's positive or negative is definitely subjective, just like the bad thing is. Yeah. But then how you react and then act is probably just as important as, like, the actual event itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then we've got... So, Chloe's life-changing moment is nearly being hit by a car. Yeah. And then later on, she has another one when she realizes that, like, just... Because someone is having their own issues doesn't mean it's you. Yep. And that's something that I think most people struggle to understand regardless of what their relationship with that person is. That I'm having a bad day, that doesn't mean it's your fault. Or I took it out on you and I'm shitty for doing that. But that doesn't mean that I truly hate you. And I think that's a really difficult thing. It is a difficult thing. I mean, we've had those moments where we've texted each other and went, are we okay? Yeah, I'm just having a bad day. It's nothing you did. It's just, I've had a shit day. I'm sorry. How are you? Kind of a thing. But then we've got Red's bad day. Like, if you think of his life-changing moment. Because his life-changing moment was um, the girl that he was dating. And the reason why he thinks Chloe sucks. What was her name? Pippa. 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 Reminded me too much of Pippa. What is it? Pippa the pig or whatever? Pippa pig. Pippa pig. No, thank you. I like Peppa. You like Peppa? Okay, I like that one stupid clip that everyone's seen about how to whistle. <laughs> when she hangs up the phone because she's mad. <laughs> yeah, I say it to my mom, like, 
Mommy, <laughs> can I call Susie sheep? <laughs> She's like, oh my god. She's like, stop it. But it's true. Oh god. So, but Red's life changing moment is being with Pippa and her telling him that without her, he's nothing. Well, she's, like, abusive in, like, a bunch of ways. She's toxic as shit. She's a gaslighter. She's Ugh. spoiled. She's, um... The actual worst. Lazy. Yeah. But, like, doesn't give that appearance. No. She's, you know, someone who squashes your uh, self-esteem and your self-confidence knowingly. All your hopes and dreams. Yeah, like, telling him, like, he would be nothing. Like, that's not okay. No, he is something. He's so sweet, and he's good at art. And precious. But then he has that moment, too, where when that happens, he stops painting, and then he starts painting again, and it's nothing like it used to be. And he's having a hard time understanding that it's okay to change. Yeah. Like, your your art style is going to change with your mood. It doesn't stay the same. That's coming from someone whose mother is an artist. (laughs) So... I think that their life-changing moments, while negative, ended up making the one big life-changing moment for the both of them be a very positive one. Because at the end of the book, they're in New York, and they're getting ready to go into the MoMA, and he's having a moment. He doesn't know what to do. And I'm like... He's so excited, though. Oh, so cute. It was the best. So, so, so precious. Um, Let's move that, though. We can move that into toxic relationships because he wasn't a very toxic relationship. They were both in toxic relationships for very different reasons, and they both have these hang-ups of when someone treats them in a way that reminds them of their exes, they automatically shift into this idea that that person is then very much like their ex. Mm-hmm. And that's a very dangerous thing because uh, I know people are all unique and stuff, But in general, emotions tend to be, you know, they're different for everyone and how you feel them and how you're asking them is different. But there's, like, a range of normal emotions. Yeah. And so, like, they're both experiencing this anger or hurt or sadness or whatever it is. And they're, like, reflecting it onto that person as, like, the point of pain. Yeah. And that's, like... Not good. <laughs> so we, like, okay, so we talked about Red's toxic relationship with Pippa. Yes. And how she was just horrible to him. Yeah. But we have to talk about Chloe's relationships. Chloe had a very active life. She had a fiancé. She, she had, had friends. friends. She played on a sports team. Go her. Yeah, she's doing all the things. Yeah. and She's she, young. She's vivacious. Yeah, she gets sick, and all of yeah. her friends and all of these people in her life are telling her, it's just in your head. It's just in your head. Now, first and foremost, my mental health, yeah, that all that stuff is in my head. Yeah. But don't ever tell me it's just in your head and get over it. That's not something you can do when you have a chronic illness like that. And... She finds that as time goes on, the more she cancels things because she physically can't do them, the less and less she hears from her friends. Yeah. And her fiancé, instead of standing by her side, walks out on her because he doesn't believe that her diagnosis is real. Which is also insane. Like, I'm sorry, but if someone's telling you they feel like shit consistently, continuously, and you're like, well, why don't we have sex? As your response, like, I'm sorry, but I've literally had to have that conversation with someone where I'm like, I just told you I feel like shit and you want to, like, come over. Like, 
All right, I told you. I, I feel, feel like shit. Feel like so Jeff unless you're over. willing to like baby me and make me a nest of pillows, then stop talking to me. All like I, all I out. ever wanted when I felt like shit is someone to make me a nest of pillows and run their hands through my hair and let me take a nap. I'm gonna be honest with you, it is very nice when it really happens. Maybe bring me some cold meds. Because the times that I do feel like shit is probably because I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) But so, anyways, Chloe is just, she's got this ex-fiance who's just a giant D-bag. He's trash. He's actual garbage. Yeah. And then her friends are like, well, you're not going to make any plans with us. Like, you always fail and blah, blah. But none of them are bothering to, like, really understand why. And so she admits that, like, Part of the problem was that she closed herself off a lot to relationships and friendships. Yeah. Because of her chronic illness. Because she was so scared that something bad would happen to her if she was out of the house too long. Yeah. Or if it was slightly chilly or, you know. Yeah. And all of those fears when you have a chronic illness, I think, are pretty normal. Like, we're all kind of experiencing it right now. Mm -hmm. We're already experiencing, well, we can't be too close to people we don't know. We can't share drinks. We can't be in a crowded place. We're having, we're going through a lot of those same thoughts that someone with chronic illness would go through, but without having the illness. I think too a lot of what's happening right now is that we're all we've all kind of got heightened anxiety about what's happening. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of us can't leave our houses, and I'm not a very active person outside of the house, as you know. Yeah, cat is the only reason why I get out of the house most of the time. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. Sometimes I'll get a wild hair at my ass and be like, "I'm gonna do a thing," but most of the time it's like cat is like, "Okay, we're gonna do this, 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 and this. Let's go," and I'm like, "Yes." Yeah, I'm definitely the list maker and the action plan, plan of action maker. Yeah. 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 So, like, for me right now, I can't leave my house. And I thought at the beginning of this that I was going to be okay with it, and I'm not. Well, for the first couple months, you were, like, thriving. You're like, this is so nice. People can't bug me. Yeah. And many people I interact with, I get to spend time and not have to make up excuses. I was like, okay, that's fair. Meanwhile, I'm, like, dying. (laughs) I'm, like, for the love of God, let me out of my house. I just want to go walk around somewhere. Just anything. But now now I'm at that point where I'm just kind of, like, please, I need to do something. I'm already a pretty stir-crazy person. Yeah. When I don't have things to do, which is why I make lists of things to do. Yeah. And so to be told that I couldn't do things... That was rough for you. ...was awful. Like, I understand why, and I fully support... Wearing the mask and staying home as much as possible and all that stuff. I don't care about going out to eat. I, like, there are things where I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But I was just like, God, I just, like, national parks were closed. Regular parks were closed. Oh, it was, we couldn't even hike. Even the littlest things that I would normally do on my own to, like, just be somewhere, I couldn't even do. And I was like, this is awful. I had a mental breakdown about not being able to go to the bookstore. You did. <laughs> I was like, I can't go to the bookstore. But right now we've kind of got that heightened feeling of yeah. not being able to do these things and it's difficult. So like right now I feel like I could, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that Chloe was in in the book where, you know, you have this thing that you can't do yeah, and it feels awful that you can't do it. So you just cancel the plan and then you feel awful for canceling the plan. And I've been in other situations where we've made plans and I've had to cancel, but I'm fortunate that I have a group of friends around me who understand why I might need to do that. And I think that that's a major difference, too. Like, when I cancel on things or I decide I'm not going to them, I am someone who has a whole lot of FOMO. 
like a lot. And that's usually the driving force of why I end up doing things I don't want to do. But at the same time, when you cancel, when you cancel those things, we know as a group of friends who've known you for years at this point, that there's a very valid and good reason why you've done so. And like, to be fair, sometimes the valid reason that I give isn't one that like other people would understand outside of my group of friends. Like when, when a bunch of my friendships kind of like blew up all at once uh-huh. and I was like, I'm not going to that. People be like, well, why? Like, well, you know, so-and-so is going to be there and I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to be uncomfortable for the entire night at a party Yeah, and I'm not willing to fight with them. Like, so I'm just not going to go and you enjoy your time with them. And for the most part, people are like really understanding about that. And every once in a while it's like, well, you don't have to talk to them. Like, okay, but you don't understand. I'm still in a situation like, where people are going to ask why we're not hanging out in the same area. There might be a situation where I'm going to go to the restroom and I run into that person. I am not willing to put my own comfort at stake yeah. for you to be happy about that. Yeah. And it's like, I totally get it. I'm like, just give me a heads up when that person's going to be there and I just won't go. And it's no big deal. No hurt feelings, I promise. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're really good about that, though, as a group. And yeah. we're really fortunate to have the group we have. We talk about our friend group on almost every episode. And I want y'all to understand <laughs> that we've got the best group. It's taken years and years to weed it out. To cultivate the what we've got. To introduce new to old. Yeah. And, you know, build those connections. But we definitely have a more solid friend group than we have in the past. It's been like 11 years. I think it's because just people are more mature. Like, even the people I've known for the least amount of time, I've known for, like, seven years now. Yeah. So, I mean... I just realized it's been, like, 11 years. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. Yeah, because you've known me since I was 19. Holy shit. Yeah. We're old now. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> That's crazy to think about that. So, um, thankfully, we don't have to deal too much with the toxic relationships now. I mean, we still have haters. We still have some toxic people in our lives, but not many. We've managed to weed those people out. I feel like the older we've gotten, the more it's been an easy decision to be like, no. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> like, yeah. Not out of, like, tiredness of that person, but just out of, listen, I feel... Like, we're not communicating well, or I feel like I'm putting in a lot more effort than you are in this situation, and you're still upset with me, or you're not willing to understand what I'm saying when I'm saying it to you, and then, you know, we have all these layers of things, and I think now that we're older, more seasoned in our friendships, (laughs) um, I think that we're a lot more open about stuff. Yeah. And so when someone's like, you know, that was really annoying, it's like, oh. Um, you know, we got, we got very lucky. I think we got very lucky. Um, so let's take our toxic relationships and turn that into mama's boys. Oh gosh. Let's go the opposite direction of a toxic relationship. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm not normally a fan of mama's boys. I love it when a guy loves his mom, but I don't love it when they're like, I have to go see my mom. I very, 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 very briefly dated a guy who was a total mama's boy. He wanted a certain snack. And I was like, cool, let's go to the store and get it. We can make it. It's not a big deal. He's like, I already texted my mom. She's on her way. What? I swear to you. I'm like, he had his whole home. Yes, he had his whole home. And he wanted, what did he want? He wanted puppy chow. A little check mix. Uh 
chips and peanut butter yeah. and chocolate and, I was and like, butter sugar. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know how to make that. Let's just go to the store, and it's right across the street, and I'll make it. Yeah. It'll be like a fun experience. People. Yeah, it'll be a fun experience, you know, we're dating or whatever. And he was like, oh, I already texted my mom. She's going to bring it. And he, his mom, 30 minutes later, shows up at this house where we have just been intimate and brings everything and she stays and makes it. It was the most awkward experience of my life. I'm not a big fan of mama's boys. However, however, Red and his mom are adorable because they're snarky to each other. This is the version of being a mama's boy that I'm okay with. But really, in perspective of other things, I guess it's just a normal parental relationship with an adult child. Like, yeah. That's, but, like, he's definitely a mom's boy. Like, 100%. He's got mom tattooed on his knuckles, which she hates. <laughs> and he, like, goes and cooks for her, which is super sweet. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, in general, so the only experience I have with mama's boys are not good ones. No, Like, they're pretty either. negative. And it's more so, it's not, how do I put this? It's not so much the son who's at fault. It's very loud color. It's more the mom is like a weird helicopter mom. And can't handle being away from her baby. And generally those moms hate me. Because you're independent. Parents tend to really like me, but those moms specifically do not like me. Because I'm a very mothering person, and I think that they feel really threatened in a weird way. Well, and you're independent, and they're worried that you're going to take their baby boy away. It's like failure to launch. Oh, it's... (laughs) Oh, God. It is. How terrible. But, like, so... It's just one of those things where it's, like... It's fine to have a really good relationship with your mom and your family, because I often feel that the way someone treats their family is a reflection of how they'll treat you in the future. Yeah. I'm totally, totally on board with that idea. And so when you see people who treat their parents like shit, you're like, oh, no. Like, this is this is not a thing we can do. We're no. not 12. We don't yell at our mom. No. Like, that kind of stuff. But then we have the other side of that same coin where the moms are just, like, up their butts. And you're like, lady, like, you you know your son's almost 30? Leave him alone. Like, you know he's a successful person in his own right and doesn't need you around right now, right? Like, come on. I love this conversation because I know exactly who you're talking about. I am specifically talking about two people (laughs) in my life that are not at all related to one another and don't know each other. Oh, but they're 100% bad. They have those versions of moms. Oh, it's terrible. And it's one of those things where, like, I'm the outsider, so I can't say anything. Yeah. But I'm like, your mom's a little much, you know? A little too much. Or, like, I have in the past been like, yo, does your mom still hate me? And they're like, yep. (laughs) I'm like, cool. Hey, just thought I'd check. (laughs) I've never, I've never dated a mama's boy, except for that one guy, and it weirded me out so much that... It lasted two months. You're like, nope. It lasted two months, and I was like, I cannot do this, and I will not do this. I think there are perfectly appropriate times to be a mama's boy, or mama's kid, whatever you want to say you are. Because if I'm going to be in a panic about something, I'm going to call my parents. I call my mom all the time. I don't have a husband. I don't have a boyfriend. I called my mom. I'm going to call my parents. Yeah. I called my mom the other day just to ask her if she liked her AirPods. Because I was thinking about buying some. Of course. 
And I needed my mom's opinion. Do you like your AirPods, Mom? Yeah. Why? I think I want some. Oh, you should definitely get some. Cool. And you're like, oh. Thanks, Mom. Right. Thanks, all Mom. Right. You're the best. And I went and I bought some. On that note, I like my Anchor one, though, that I like. Like, I call my mom for everything. And before my mom, like, when my dad was still alive, I called my dad, too. Like, card broke down, call dad. It's just what you did. Yeah. It's just, I mean... I need sewing advice. I call my mom. Hey, I'm doing this thing. And those are like normal growing up type things. Yeah. The difference is these grown ass men are not asking their mothers for help, but their mothers are treating them like they're idiots. And I'm like, ugh. I, though, I will say, I love when an author can write a mama's boy in a good light, like this one. Yeah. And that's a huge difference. That relationship was adorable. They're both very snarky with each other. He come, he goes to make her dinner, and he doesn't approve of her boyfriend, her quote-unquote boyfriend, because he's the old gambling dude. Sounds terrible. He's gambling and drunk all the time. Just... She likes to yell at him from her window. That's their flirting. It's just adorable. Their relationship yeah. is really adorable. Also, we need to mention that being able to cook does not make you a mama's boy. It makes you a grown person. Make sure so, a damn adult. So learn to cook at least two dishes well. Yes. And you'll be totally fine. I'm kind of good you, there. You can eat whatever you want in your own time, but if someone's ever like, hey, we're having a potluck, you can be like, hey, I know how to make this thing. And that's it. You're good. Yeah. And they're like, sweet, awesome. Thank you. You don't have to worry and about that. And you don't have thing. to talk about it. Yeah. It's totally fine. But when you're like, I don't know how to cook, I'm like, but you're an adult. So you're my age. And I know how to cook all kinds. I know how to watch a cooking show or a YouTube video. I can cook if I'm following, like, a recipe. Yeah. Whether that be a YouTube video or an actual written recipe on one of those damn blogs where you have to scroll all the way to the bottom to get the instructions. I can do that. And I'm sorry, but, like, cooking, being able to cook and, like, care for yourself so that I don't have to take care of you, definitely one of the top things on my is this man sexy list. Whereas the motorcycle thing would be far below that, but still on the list. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. like, good relationship with friends. Like, when you have no friends, I'm a little concerned. Which I should have seen as a red flag in the past. <laughs> but I did not. That's my choice. Um, but, like, having good friend relationships with people who aren't assholes and who aren't going to be an asshole to me specifically because you're not going to like my response. Yep. Having good familial relationships. Yep. Being able to clean and cook for yourself. Not just cook, clean as well. Because I'm sorry, I have seen the boys' bedrooms Ooh. or houses or apartments or lived with them. I adore them and they're getting there. But part of me is still like. We had a conversation <laughs> about how the boys didn't have toilet paper in the house and they used party napkins. Or to save on buying toilet paper, you take your poops at a gas station. How many times have we heard that damn story? It's so funny. It's so bad. It's what if you're sick? You're not going to make it. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's where the party napkins came in. Oh, it was Just, bad. It was bad. But I also understand that, unfortunately, a lot of boys are babied in very different ways. Than, like, yeah. There's still that expectation that girls have to learn how to do all the household stuff. And boys are just like, well, they're being boys. They're going to play sports outside and be boys and whatever. Yeah. And there's still that weird line generationally that we're kind of getting over the major hump now. But um, 
I would say that, like, people around my age and, like, my sister's age were probably the tail end mm-hmm. of that gender norm type shit. Yeah. Um, those, like, gender roles. Because now that we're old enough to have children and stuff, and then people who are, like, maybe 10 years older than me, they're, like, they never conform to gender roles, right? They would be, like, the punk. Yeah. Like, crazy Gen Zers. You know what I mean? Like, the Gen Zers are now? Yeah. Oh, God. And so it's, like... We're getting over that hump, and I'm just like, I appreciate it so much more when people can be self-sufficient. I was fortunate enough, so thank you to my parents, that my parents both kind of taught my sister and I, like, everything we ever needed to know. Like, we can cook for ourselves. I don't enjoy it, but I can do it. I think a lot of people think I can't do that stuff. Oh, no. Which I think is interesting. But I, like, my coworker doesn't think, like, when he first got here, he had no idea who he was getting in touch with. Like, he had no clue. But, like, my mom taught us everything we needed to know in a kitchen and how to sew and how to fend for ourselves. And then our dad made sure that he didn't raise two fools. He was not going to raise two princesses at all. And so, like, we know, like, basic car care. We know how to build things. We can fix minor things that happen in the apartment. Like, little things like that. And I get men who are just like, no, that's that's not a woman's job. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I've literally had this conversation with one of my friends where I'm like, no, I know how to do that. And he'll be like, it's great that you know how to do that, but let me help you do that because I'm already here. And I'm like, okay. Like, to be fair, I'm, I'm going to be honest, he'll, he'll do it better than I could. Yeah. And there's no shame in letting someone who you know will be better at things do them. It doesn't mean you're stupid or incompetent. Yeah. Right? But like, I say, I'm like, well, you don't have to. Like, you're not over here to do things for me. Yep. And he'll always just be like, but I'm here. But if I'm capable and I can do it the right way, because I'll be fair, I don't always do it the right way. Or it's faster for me to do it than for you to do it. Like, why don't you let me do it? Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. You are almost a foot taller than me. I should let you do the things I can't reach. Like, that's totally fair. But also understand that I can do it for myself if you were here. I can stand on a chair. And then he'd be like, no, like, don't yeah. do that. Like, <laughs> he, would, he would lose his mind. Uh, yep. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with mama's boys and doing things for ourselves. In general, I think it's okay to be deeply connected to your family, not in a creepy way, but in a way where I wouldn't mind visiting your family if I was dating you. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be an issue. I want to see your relationship with I'm your I'm also parents. not competing with your mother for your attention. No. Oh, I don't understand how that happens in some families. And when I see it in real life, I'm like, why? Why do you want your son to not be fully connected and in tune with his partner? Yeah. I don't. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me nope. either. And I don't like it. Where are we at? What do we got left on the list? We only have three things left, which cool. is great because we've been talking for a long time. Yeah, we've been talking for almost an hour now. We have Giving Up on Dreams, actual rom-com, and Body Types and Abilities. First off, let's just get Giving Up on Dreams out of the way right now. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't let anybody else <laughs> tell you how to live your fucking life. If someone tells you you're not good enough, they're fucking lying. Period. End of story. Next topic. Boom. Done. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, we have like such an open version of the world right now. Yeah. But I'm not saying everyone needs to try to be an Instagram influencer. No. Because that's stupid and not a real job. But or I'm, being a professional gamer. I don't understand that. But, uh, but what I am saying is if you're afraid to try something, do it anyway. 
Pod, this podcast. What if you're really good at it? This podcast in particular. Right? This was a weird shower thought. We didn't think it was going to actually happen. And we've now been podcasting for a little over a year now. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, but why not even attempt? I don't understand that either. Yeah. And I'm like the person who, like, breaks stuff down into the simple stuff. I'm like, well, if you really want to do that, what do you have to do first? And then people are like, why are you asking so many questions? I'm like, because if your simple steps are things like take that class or buy that thing. Yep. You could do it. Let me tell you how this podcast happened. It was a shower thought. I got out of the shower. I texted Kat and said, we should do this. She said, yes. What do we need to do first? And I was like, let me look into it. I looked mm-hmm. into it, and I gave Kat a list of things that we would need. Yep. She says, perfect. Let's start here, 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 and here. And we made it happen. See, because my dream is to just organize everyone's lives. True. But that's not a possible, like, that's not a realistic dream. No. But it is one that I enjoy. And it is one that is off-putting for people who don't like to make a plan. Because for some people, making a plan is really scary. Because when it's broken down into steps. Mm-hmm then the next thing is to follow those steps and then you're scared. Yeah. So I get it. I get yeah. why people don't enjoy that version of me when I talk to them sometimes, but that's who I am. I'm that problem solver. Very much so. I push really hard. Yeah. Unless you tell me like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Then I'm like, oh, okay, well, why don't you figure it out? Well, and but I... you tell me you're going to do something. I would be like, well, did you do the thing? And you're like, no. Well, and the whole thing with this podcast was, I have no idea what I'm doing, but we should do it anyway. And Kat said, yes, we should. Said, sure. Sounds like fun. I could read a book. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That was pretty much exactly it. And then my friend Brittany bought the first microphone, which we actually no longer use anymore. Oh, no. Well, if we ever have guests on here, we'll have to bust it out and be like, this is a special. This is the special microphone, but. Which we're hoping we have guests at some point. I would love to have. Like, I have at least two in mind Perfect. that I think we could do. And I'm still working on other things. Yeah. Planning and stuff. That's our dream. Uh, that's our dream. We're following It's it. going, kind of, but we need to figure some other littler steps out because yeah. we don't understand. Things have been rough right now, but that's what that is. Something get tabled. That's yes. fine. Okay. We have two more things left. Let's do body types and abilities. Let's take, let's take body types and abilities for 400, Alex. Oh, no. Okay. Um, one of the things that I like about the cartoon covers is it's very open to interpretation, but in looking at this, um, we don't have, like, Fabio on the cover. We have a curvilicious she, black yes. and she, the, the cartoon itself is adorable. Yes. But then the descriptions inside are also more realistic and more normal. Mm-hmm than we've had in other books. And even for the male character, the expectations aren't crazy. Like, they talked about her hair. They talked about his skin and his body type. And that he's, like, a big dude. Nowhere does it say he's ripped. No. Nowhere does it say he's ripped. I think at one point it says he has, like, abs. We have realistic body types. It's interesting. It's more interesting because, you know what? People with different body types are going to have sex, whether you like it or not. So... You might as well write them into your stories. Yeah. Okay. Also, his descriptions in his section, um, where he's describing colors, uh-huh. but he uses um, adjectives that don't generally match those colors. Yeah. I thought that was super effective. I liked that a lot. Well, and that has a lot to do with how he is an artistic type. Yeah. Which I loved. I'm going to read just a little blurb on the back about Talia Hibbert. Okay. 
She writes sexy, diverse romance because she believes that people of marginalized identities need honest and positive representation. And I 100% think that she did it right in this book. I think so, too, because we've seen other Black authors write very poor descriptions of Black characters, Mm -hmm. and it was really frustrating for us, because even though we aren't Black, no, we're not. We're not Black, we're not African-American. But we know from having friends who are Black Mm -hmm. that there are things that are unrealistic, dependent upon their physical and genetic makeup. Yeah. And so to have someone who did not a great job describing natural hair and all that stuff to this woman who talked about Chloe used relaxers in her hair and when it was time for new and she knew because she had weird lumps in her hair where her roots were going. Yeah. Like that's a normal, normal thing. Well, and then we had discussions about not just a, a, a diverse character, but we all also had discussions about the main male character who was a white man who was a redhead who had long hair and had a real body and none of it felt like it was forced none of it felt like the author had to go look up a description it never felt like they were borrowing anything from anybody this, else to get the description correct this is a hundred percent a book that i could see um turn into like a movie i would love every second of it or even a series like a mini series and yeah. i think it would do really really well because the characters are normal. This... They're so, not, like, super whatever it was. Like, I don't know. They're, they're not, not vampires, and they're not crazy wealthy Well, they're not overly sexualized or anything like that. It felt like, for the first time in reading a book, it felt like I was reading characters that felt real. Like, I could go and visit them and be in their house and be friends with them and I didn't feel like I was getting just the normal, she's gorgeous without knowing she's gorgeous, she's thin, and he's muscular, and he's beautiful, or anything like that. Yeah. And we've often said that character descriptions are super, super important mm-hmm. to us, because it helps the story. It yeah. just helps the development of the story. And I think um, Tali Hibbert did a really, really good job in showing us how to put a positive spin on something that often I think authors view as negative. Yeah. Um, which would, which would be a normal person's body, which is so horrifying. That's like, well, we can't describe a fat person. Yes, you can. And I'm like, listen, there are so many ways to describe a fat person without being like, she was fat. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you don't, and you don't have to put how many pounds or how big no. of a size. Like, it's not like a weird. She, thing. she made a comment. Chloe makes a comment about her own weight. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't think that he's going to be able to lift me, but he can, kind of a thing. That's because he, in this book, is a giant. Yeah. But it it didn't feel fake in any way. These characters felt so real because at no point were their body types described as, like, waifish thin or anything like that. And they weren't fetish. No. Fetishized. Fetishized? I don't that's like that not, That's a horrible word. I can't say it. I don't like that. They weren't, they weren't put in a sec, they weren't overly sexualized. Yeah. And I think that's something that's also rare because usually if you read about someone who's extra curvy or whatever, it's going to be like a weird fetish thing. Don't call me extra curvy. Which reminds me, I need to talk to you about the other book that I just read that's not on our podcast list, but I think might need to be because the most inclusive book I had ever read on so many levels. But we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. After recording. And, um. Yeah. Do as but, we need to do. Like, so we have this woman who's described as, like, being a thick woman. Yeah. She 
she does things that you would assume people would be like, oh, well, a larger person can't do that. Bullshit. Bullshit. She climbed a tree. I could climb a tree. If I wanted to climb a tree, I could fucking climb a tree. I can climb on rocks. Why can't I climb a tree? I, I don't want to climb a tree because I'm afraid of falling out of it. True. I'm afraid of heights. Don't Not because I'm fat, but because I have really bad balance. True. Very true. <sighs> like, I was no. I was the biggest cheerleader on my cheer team. There are girls that were bigger than I am who were tumbling on the cheer teams. I couldn't do that. It's just the ideas that people have, the societal norms, are just so messed up. That I it's want, like, I see fat men riding Harleys every fucking day. Why wouldn't a larger female be able to get on that bike? There's no reason. You're just being me, dumb. Let me just tell you guys, we are both bigger women. Oh, yeah. And we can do all kinds of shit. First and foremost, Kat is probably the most flexible person <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I, mean, I I'm flexible in a way I probably shouldn't be. I'm like, but how? I don't move that direction. But then there are things that I can do as a larger woman that people would be like, well, she shouldn't be able to do that. But I fucking can. Yeah, and like, if we're being really honest, being overweight is probably not in our best interest no, at No, And we are completely aware of that. That doesn't mean we haven't tried to Y'all, we go lose to the weight gym. or diet. We did the gym. I was doing the gym. Five days a week, and I was getting you to go five days a week uh-huh. before this COVID shit happened. I miss the gym. Why do I miss the fucking gym? I'm That's fat. I don't, normally, I don't normally miss That's the gym. That's my fault, and I'm not sorry, because I was going all the fucking time. I was like, you have to go, you have to go. Have to we go. were getting in shape. We were doing weight, like weightlifting, and we were moving our bodies in ways that normally we wouldn't do them. Yeah. And we were doing what we needed to do. We were losing weight. We were feeling healthy, but at the same time. Don't ever tell a fat woman they can't do it because they're fat. That's a fucking lie. I would definitely kick you in the shins. Oh, it just in the shin? definitely hurt. We'll karate chop you in the goddamn throat. Don't test me. I just... I feel like larger people, even men, are often underestimated. And not that I'm a severely violent person or anything, but my abilities are probably a lot more than people would assume they are because of my size. Yeah. Um, Both height and weight related. Yeah. And um, I... I don't feel like I can do... Like, I, I don't feel like there are many things I cannot do. No. No. Which I think would infuriate people. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things, too, that we do to push ourselves. Because we do push ourselves. I mean, how many times a week was I doing P90X? Like, full-blown we P90X. We were doing P90. We were doing body pump. We were doing um, pop Pilates. I love we pop. Doing, what was the fighting one? Oh, fuck, I missed that one. Oh, oh. So, yes. I can't remember Turbo what it was kick. called. Turbo kick. Reaching bar. Reaging, I, I'm drawing a blank on the Les Mills one. That was the fighting one. Yeah, I can't the remember. The boot camp one, yeah. But that was like my favorite. Oh my God, I love punching. I love punching and kicking. We do all kinds of stuff as, as larger women, and we do it because we know it's good for us. We also probably it's kick fun. your ass doing it. Like, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I took my kids on a fitness field trip, and they're like, oh man, this isn't going to be very fun. Are you going to do it? And I was like, of course I'm going to do it. I'll kick your butt doing it. Oh, like, yeah. It's a blend of all the things I do all the time anyways. And so much it's fun. just one of those things that's like, you're underestimating my abilities, which I understand, but that doesn't make it right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, what we're saying, <laughs> it's very long roundabout way, is that we don't like to see more characters that are normal. Yeah. We're not saying write about how obese someone is and we'll love it. No. We're saying write about someone that has human concerns and human physical attributes. Like, I'm sorry, but your legs are not always perfectly shaped. No. 
You're going to have BO. My legs are not shaved right now. Greasy at some point. My hair is not greasy right now, but I did not shave my legs in the gym. No, like you're not always naturally thin. Even when we did live in the gym, we weren't naturally thin. We were at the gym. I still blame that on just for some reason building up my lower body more than anything. Okay, don't understand. To be fair, you're made of mostly muscle anyway. Yeah, let's end this off with this being an actual romantic comedy. When someone says this is a rom com and you pick it up and it's not a rom com, no, this is this is a hundred percent. This is one hundred percent a rom com, and we're thankful because the last few books we've done have been purposefully we picked weird genres, which yeah. is totally fine, like subgenres, right? So we had like our suspense and thriller one, and we're like, yeah, no, no, we like, yeah, no. We had another historical, and we're like, mm, it's fine. Like it's better than what we read. It was a feminist historical, and we were okay and with we that. And we were fine with that. And then was the, uh, the enemies to lovers one, the other one, yeah. and that was fine too because it was better than the last enemies to lovers one. Right? Yep. Yeah. With Faker. Yep. But this is like a solid rom com. There is funny stuff. Oh, there's sense of humor. There is, oh God, there's there good sex scenes. Yes. Good sex scenes. There was so much about this one that just screamed, I fucking love it. And like, we all knew they were going to have a problem. Because yeah. let's face it, the main couple is always the, going to have some kind of But problem. the problem was resolved in the best way possible. He had grand gestures. <gasps> oh. And not only did he have... Like, the little I'm gonna win you back thing. He fucking got her cat back. Yes! And they renamed it Smudge, and they still refer to it as a him at the end, which I think is really funny. Even though him wasn't a him. It's Perdita, and it's a female. But, hey. But it's Smudge. It's Smudge the boy cat, because they've decided that. Which, her sister is a medical student, and was like, it's a boy. It's clearly not. Okay, but you know how sometimes you can look at a cat? Like, you look at Vicky... And we know for a fact Vicky is a female. Yeah. Vicky's led a rough life. You look at Oliver. You look at Oliver. You look at your sister's cats. You just, sometimes you can just look at a cat and be like, this is a boy. Your soul is definitely a boy soul. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that. But um, we have grand gestures. And we love a good grand gesture. But we love it even more if it's something that is doable. Like... I'm very much the person who's like the running through the airport, don't leave me goodbye plane kiss. Yeah. 100% romantic. Except you can't do that at different times. <laughs> However, getting me a puppy or taking me somewhere that I've said I wanted to go, but I've never been able to go. Yeah. Those kinds of romantic gestures. If anybody, are like, yes. If anybody needs to make a romantic gesture for cat. His name is Miso. He's very adorable. Oh, I love him so much and I'm so sad. He's so precious. It's a dog and it has floppy ears. And he's so stinking cute. Oh my god, he's so cute. But he's not. He's in Phoenix. Yeah. So, but this was a feasible grand gesture and it was a doable grand gesture and it uh-huh. was perfect for them. Definitely. And it didn't feel over the top. No. You know what I mean? Also, I will take going camping and having sex in a tent as a grand gesture. If that's something that we really want to do, let's go. I mean, 
and miso. <laughs> and miso. Yeah. But, like, if we have to rank them, miso's definitely at the top right now. It's <laughs> so cute. But, like, it was an actual rom-com, and I loved every second of it. Had the happily ever after. Oh, and it was and the it best. And it wasn't marriage. No. It wasn't even a proposal. No. It was getting to go to New York. And going to see the MoMA, which is, like, the one thing Red wanted to do. It wasn't even, like... We're traveling, we're traveling, which is what Chloe wanted to do. Yeah. And then Chloe was like, we're going to the MoMA. And he was like, holy shit, this is the best day of my life. And I loved so it. Good. It was so, so good. It was so good. Um, let's do ratings. On a scale of one to five, how many stars do you I'm give gonna, it? I'm gonna go five. It has to be a five. It has to be a five. It just, it ticks all my boxes, like, yep. all of them. It was relatable. I cried a little bit. I felt, like, a deep understanding of both of these characters. Yeah. And, like, why they are the way they are. And it wasn't anything that was a fetish or anything weird. No. It was great. And I, like I said, I read, I think I read the first hundred pages on my own. And then I realized that I needed to get up and do things. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to the rest of it on audio. And normally when I listen to a book on audio, I have to listen to a book that I've already listened to. Yeah. It isn't like I have to, that's just how it has to be. This, I had never listened to this on audio before. I had never read it, obviously. Yeah. And I went in on the audiobook and I cleaned my house. I did chores and I sat and I listened to the entire audiobook in one day. And it was good, it right? It was so good. It was so, so good. good. So, um, I will definitely be reading, um, the next two in the series about oh, Chloe's sisters. Oh, yeah. I have Danny's book. and Well, the, Danny's supposed to be bisexual? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. And I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So excited about it. But that's not what we're reading next. No, um, it's not. What we're reading next is Not the Girl You Marry by Andy J. Christopher. This has been, I think, on our radar for a while. I think so. I remember you had texted me and said you'd seen it probably at, like, Target or something. That sounds like me, yes. Yeah. And so um, we picked it up. Hey, look at that. Talia Hibbert blurbed it on the back. Ew. She said, sexy, cynical, and city sharp. Um, So. This one I feel like might be frustrating. Okay. Um, But I don't think. I think once. I get into it, it won't be as off-putting. Okay. I've heard some things about it. I've heard that it was good, but I did hear that some people had a hard time staying in the story. I think that's because it's the reverse of a very popular other story. Okay. And um, and sometimes that can be difficult to not make the direct comparison. That makes sense. From, you know. Yeah. Movies or whatever. Whatever. We will we will see how it goes. So join us next time as we discuss Not the Girl You Marry by Andy J. Christopher. And remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye.